Welcome to the Team Pack Podcast with your host, Quentin Cools. With new episodes every other Friday, we hope to inspire you to think critically and biblically about your life and leadership as you engage the culture, make a difference in your community, and ultimately change the world. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Team Pack Podcast. It's a joy to be with you, and uh, it's especially really fun to have a childhood friend of mine on the podcast. He's somebody who came up through Teen Pact um, just kind of right around the same time that I'm coming up as a student, staffer, intern, program director. He went all the way after years of leading various Teen Pact events and having served as the elected student body vice president for Teen Pact. Christian headed back to Oregon and uh, discovered a little bit more about what it means to be faithful in little. And so that's kind of be what we're talking about today. So first of all, welcome, Christian. It's uh, it's awesome to have you on the Teen Pact podcast. Thanks, Quinn. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, Team Pact was a huge part and like formative part of my early years. And so it kind of feels like talking about old memories, but it kind of feels like coming back home. Okay, let's talk about old memories. Are there any are there any <laughs> times where, you know, you just kind of recall those moments in Team Pact where you're traveling around the country, you're experiencing, you know, all these different staff teams, different sights and sounds. Um, are there songs you hear where the nostalgia just hits you and you're like, oh, man, how in the world am I back in the state of Oklahoma in the capital? Like <laughs> anything crazy like that? Uh, yeah, I am I, far enough removed from Teen Pact in terms of years from from when I was last involved that it's it lessens over time. But there's definitely times that just throws me. Uh, right back. Uh, I feel like it's dating myself, but like for some reason, the band Imagine Dragons, and I'm not like just when they were just starting out, they were a small indie band when I was in Team Pack. So that always brings me back. Um, Ariana Grande somehow. Um, <laughs> oh, no. oh no. Oh <laughs> uh, no. So yeah, if you want to, if you want to know what years teen, uh, Christian was involved in Team Pack, <laughs> go find out when those artists were first like having their hits on the radio and you'll yeah. be like, Oh, that's yep. when it was. But yeah, let's just say it, it wasn't super recently. A, put them on an iPod nano and that's how old I am. Yeah. That's incredible. I love it. So in Teen Pact, uh, you're given a ton of responsibility right out of the gate, right? So student leadership positions, there's travel positions, there's a lot of authority that's designated to you as a young person. Um, that, how old were you? I, if I remember correctly, you were one of the like, super young staffers. How old were you when you first uh, either were accepted as staff or when you first staffed? Uh, accepted when I was 14, I staffed when I was 15. <laughs> on any other podcast, that'd be insane, it right? Was, but on a, It was a huge mistake, huge mistake. <laughs> no, but for I'm Team kidding. Pack, that's like not in, like crazy, crazy, but no. even, but even in Team Pack, right. but that's a lot of responsibility to hand somebody, even for a staff role, uh, let alone a few years later serving as a, as an intern and a program director. We're literally giving you the keys uh, to drive our vans around the country as a teenager. Um, you are leading staff meetings. You're leading worship. There's just a thousand things that you're given. And and in some respects, that's crazy. Um, but at, at the, other, uh, the other end of the spectrum, that's part of what uh, pushes our young people to, to grow in their leadership. So I want you to think with me about uh, kind of this, this key idea that Teen Pact has landed on, at least for the past, I think maybe 15 years, this phrase, changing lives to change the world. Um, at Team Pact, we want to be used by the Lord to equip students 
But here's the question for you, Christian. Do you think that sets up a false expectation as to what changing the world looks like? Hmm. Uh, I mean, it's a um, uh, it's a tagline. It's a catchphrase. So on its face, it might be a little misleading because you hear changing the world, and that sounds very ambitious. But the the way that Team Pack changes the world is primarily through changing lives. Um, and that starts on an individual basis. And so um, I feel like it can be misleading when um, you think when you hear changing the world, but I think it speaks to the how how um, the goal that Team Pact aims for and the scope of uh, of, of um, changing one individual, the impact that can have, uh, that really can move and multiply its effect. And that, that in turn can change the world. Um, but yeah, sometimes it can come across as a pretty ambitious goal. Yeah, I was thinking about how that, that change probably speaks more to degrees of change than, uh, you know, any sense of like a new world order or whatever. Like, I think some people <laughs> could contrive it to be that way. And it's like, no, like right. there, there's just this sense that we believe that if a person is changed and several people are changed for the good, like that's going to to change in degree uh, the world, right? And so, yeah. um, so let me ask you: yeah. when you kind of headed back to Oregon, um, and you you kind of faced the uncertainty of um, pursuing a profession and marriage and just life in in Portland, like what what did that look like for you? And how have you gone about changing the world since your time in Teen Pact? Yeah. Um, so yeah, heading back home, it was it was slightly disorienting. I I spent uh, seven years of my life where basically uh, uh, winter, spring, and then like uh, fall were was taken up with Team Pack, and so coming back to live a full year back in Oregon <clears throat> was it felt new. Um, but I don't know if it changed a whole lot in terms of. Um, how I go about changing the world around me. Um, in, in Team Pact, it's a unique place where students can, in just one week, get to know each other very, very well and deeply um, and change each other. When you come home it, and you're talking to your neighbor um, in the Northwest, it, it, people aren't People are very friendly, but it's just not like the, there's not a whole lot of uh, obligation to be as super friendly to your neighbors. So, um, in a lot of ways, it's, it, it comes up in very subtle and simple ways, um, like talking to your neighbor, but the, it's not just talking to your neighbor, it's being different, I think, in a lot of ways, especially as someone who follows Jesus, you are planted in a place to be different, to be that, that, that uh, representative of Jesus and his kingdom. And so um, a lot of it starts by just being different, being the one who is willing to say hi, being the one who's willing to have integrity um, in a world in a place that maybe doesn't place as high of a value on those things. Hmm, that's really good. So in a meta-narrative sense, you wouldn't say that you went home and changed the world personally, but in the sense that you have a community, you have a world around you, you have people to engage with, you you could see where Teen Pact equipped you to better perhaps engage and take even just principles that you were applying 
maybe on a staff team or with student engagement yeah. and say, all right, let's take that and live that out in normal life. I mean, that, that was a lot of my experience even working for Teen Pack the first year, year and a half, because I was a part of a local church and they had a youth and parent ministry um, that was focused on discipling the next generation. But their model, because they meet weekly, was to build into these relationships on an ongoing way, like through middle school and through high school. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it sounded uncomfortable to me. Like I, <laughs> like my experience with Teen Pact was I parachute in for a week and I go all yeah. out and I'm super invested relationally. And maybe I keep up with a couple of those students over time, but it's kind of just for one week. And I, I felt a serious conviction that like if I was willing to do that kingdom work just for a week at a time. It's kind of like the short-term mission trip concept where it's like, if you're just as a church invested in short-term missions trips, like what about like actually sending a full-time like translator? Like what if it looked like planning a church in that, um, you know, country across the sea? Like there's, there's more to that vision. And so I, I felt super convicted about it, started processing through it. And I ended up leading worship for the youth group and then ended up um, helping with a small group. And now I lead that youth group because my vision has now <laughs> grown awesome. to where it's like, I, yeah. I believe that this is something where I need to, I need to work through even the discomfort of day in and day out, week in and week out ministry, not just a week of ministry or a semester of ministry. So what are some of the ways that yep. you've been able to be invested in that kind of world change where it's, it's neighboring, it's, um, it's, it's helping out in a local church context. It's in a work context. Like what are some of the things that you're mm-hmm. involved in? Cause I want to, I want to kind of paint the picture for our listeners of this is not the only way to go about changing the world, but, but for you, Christian, there is an opportunity to do this and to do this and to do this. And I feel called and equipped by God to do that. And so I'm going to engage there and I just kind of want to paint that picture for people of like, here's here's one model, mm-hmm. or here's one imitation, and as Christian follows Christ, so you should follow Christ, you know, kind of a thing. So so talk to us about just kind of <laughs> yeah. what, what are some of those practical relationships and kind of key functions you're involved in? Yeah, so one of the things that hasn't changed since T-Pack days is I'm really busy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm very busy, uh, and, and uh, there's not <clears throat> a lot of downtime, and that that is intentional. Um, there's rest is a good thing. Um, and there's a balance there, but I'm very intentional. I try to be at least very intentional with my time. Um, so a lot of that starts with, um, at least like in, in church, uh, it's being known and knowing others in a church context. And for me, how I do that, it's by serving. So, um, I serve on the worship team at my local church. Um, it's, it's not a big church. There's probably 400 people that go there. I mean, de- decent size for Northwest. Um, but I serve on a local church. I serve as a community group leader and my wife and I host a community group every week. We meet every week and we're very intentional about that. Um, if we get busy, we try to reevaluate our priorities and to make sure that we are being known and, uh, we know others. Um, it's amazing what you, the impact you can have on a local church. If you just go to your pastor and you're like, I have one night a week that I'm free. Tell me how I can be of help. Um, mm. that makes a, a huge difference. So that covers like a lot of, you know, Sundays and maybe a day in there, uh, at work. A lot of it is just being excellent. Um, I work as an electrician and, um, 
the benefit of being in the trades is that your value as a worker is often evaluated by the craftsmanship in your work. And so one way to show that you care and that you are not just showing up for a paycheck, but you care about what your name is on is to do excellent work. A lot of that is also honesty. I've had a lot of awkward conversations where I've had to, uh, I, uh, <laughs> there was one time I just got paid too much, uh, the, the long story short, and the, the, my coworkers, and my coworkers are not very happy that I pointed that out uh, to my boss. <laughs> but having that integrity, my boss has, has mentioned that, just, oh, there's something different about you. Um, uh, as I mentioned, also then just like regular life around town, whether that's eating out at a restaurant or uh, walking in your neighborhood or grocery shopping, um, a lot of it is being intentional. And I'm not, I'm not saying that I need to have all these faces or just try and put my best foot forward. Um, but it's understanding that, uh, again, a, a changed world starts with changed lives. And honestly, a lot of that starts with my own life being changed. My own life needs to be changed. And I need to recognize where uh, Christ needs to be keen in my life and how that works. And, and that naturally works its way into every other facet of life. So I don't know if that like lays out a good enough picture or if there's anything else specifically that you're yeah, looking no, for. That, that's exactly, that's exactly it. I think when you think about some of those spheres of responsibility, whether that's work or even choosing to commit yourself to a local church, that's such a, um, that, that's contrary to the cult, the cultural winds of our day. Um, like right, yeah. in any context and not just church, but in any context, uh, the, the cultural wind, I think, would say um, lower commitment um, and kind of prove to me the value you're going to bring to me as the individual before I commit to something. And, and even what yes. you're describing with that conversation with a pastor where, where you're saying, no, I'm actually going to move toward greater commitment and more personal commitment, more long term commitment like it, you know, and, and even with the integrity in conversation with with a boss about a, a money situation like i think those those sorts of moments are like you're saying shaping a view and that's shaping the way that you're relating to people and that's going to shape them i you know i just think there's there's much that that should be done in terms of love of neighbor that starts with love of god and so you've been able yeah. to do that um certainly by being involved serving in a local church could you talk to us about um, either, you know, just kind of, uh, maybe it's spiritual disciplines, maybe it's, uh, conversations regularly with, uh, with family or accountability groups. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's mm -hmm. even just, uh, just practicing, uh, being a part of a local church and hearing the preach word and responding to that. But like, what are some of the things you feel like have equipped you to be where you are today? Cause, cause there's, there's a lot of teen pactors and young people in general, that grow up in the evangelical church that uh, are are at your age and have followed your same you know kind of uh, you know you know in terms of in terms of just time that's passed you know it's it's parallel mm -hmm. but the trajectory is so different and I look at your life yeah. and I see wow Christians doing well like I, I when I fly back to Portland and we um, we go out and we talk about life and the deep things of life um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so refreshed by that because I think, wow, like here's a friend who's doing really, really well, loving the Lord, loving his neighbor imperfectly, but doing so with earnest and relying on Christ. And so like, talk mm -hmm. to me about some of the things that have helped equip you by God's grace to kind of be where you are today. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I think, uh, first and foremost, I, I, 
uh, a lot of this, uh, I will say, was modeled for me. And I know that's not everyone's story, but I'm extremely grateful that that was modeled for me uh, by uh, my dad. Um, one of the things I think you and I have both talked about this uh, is waking up and hearing the word of God uh, read in your home. It makes a big impact. For me, that's that's kind of where it starts. There, I, I'm, I'm not saying that you can't miss a, a Bible reading <laughs> here and there, but it I've just noticed uh, on days where I am not uh, going to uh, the source of spiritual food, uh, I become spiritually hungry and famished. Um, so uh, I think regular time in the word is um, is very, it uh, is vital to that. Um, going back to the, and being part of a church and being known by people, um, that primarily for our, our family happens in our, our community group. Um, and that is being honest with people um, and having, even in the hard moments um, of life, um, we, we've, we've had moments where friends are going through really difficult things, whether it be broken relationships or deaths in the family um, or just situations where they might require you to show up at their house at 2 a.m. in the morning and you got to go show up because they're in your community and they are your people. And then later, the same thing that happens for us. Um, last year, my wife and I uh, miscarried a pregnancy, and that was heartbreaking for us, as it is for many people. Um, but the pain, a lot of the pain was eased by being known by others because we could be honest with them about um, how much things things hurt. Because um, life hurts uh, <laughs> quite, yeah. a, quite a bit of the time. Yeah. Um, and so being known by others um, is is extremely important. Um, and I think you kind of mentioned how it's not, that's maybe counter to what um, is valued in our society. I think there's a lot of passivity um, in, in our society and um, being intentional about how you spend your time um, is, is really important. So going back to sources of truth, honestly, that could probably be the umbrella for it. The word, uh, people who are going to encourage you um, and then also finding other people to encourage is going to be um, super vital um, because, uh, yeah, the uh, truth is, is life-giving and it's going to keep you from uh, uh, fizzing out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's kind of a simplicity to that that I think um, mm -hmm. we, we often forget. And, uh, you know, I, there, there was a, a sermon series that our pastors led us through uh, a, a couple years ago from First and Second Thessalonians, which, you know, talks a lot about the day of the Lord and Christ's, Christ's return. And so the, the, the phrase that they use to tie it all together that just sticks in my head is living with the end in view. And it mm -hmm. kind of gave me this picture of, you know, a journey or a race or, or something like that. There's a start, there's a finish. And if you're going to finish and if you're going to finish well, there's certain things that are going to help you get there. And yeah. in some ways, they're, they're pretty practical. I mean, the things that you just laid out, the fact that um, you would read God's word in the morning, um, the fact that you would uh, open up your home not just for hospitality, but for honest conversation about life and God's word and how that relates and the things you're struggling with. Um, the fact that you would regularly attend and be a member at a local church or serve mm -hmm. at a local church, like 
I, I genuinely think if you were to start just pulling on those threads and say, let's take this out of your life, Christian, and let's take this other thing out and let's take this other thing out. It's like, how in the world would you expect to get to the end? <laughs> how in the world would yeah, you right. be able to finish that race? And yeah. God is so gracious to equip us for that. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes we we want it to be a pie in the sky thing. We want it to be easier. We, you know, or, or we, you know, we get off track because, you know, with, with, uh, you know, all of the technology that we have, the entertainment that we have, the, the money and possessions that we can pursue, like there are so many things that can get us off base of that. And yet if we lived with the end in view, like these things would be habits of our life. So what I, what I love about what you're sharing is that in some ways it's nothing new. And in many ways, (laughs) what it is, is like, you know, I was reading the other day in Acts 2. So, you know, the church is born, Peter preaches the sermon at Pentecost, and it says they had all things together and they broke bread together and they were meeting in each other's homes. And there was this vibrancy about the Spirit's work in this new thing called the church. And it's like, I want to be about that. Like, I think that's how God's going to get me to the end and to finish well. So... Uh, I just want to, but what what people don't often think about is that like, that also could just mean uh, sharing things in common. But what if there's, you know, a period of hurt or pain or, or sin in your life and you need to confess and be like, that's, that's not fun. And when I like, I, I will like, that's one thing when uh, coming from team pact, where it's kind of week after week of just these amazing stories uh, you come back and it's like, I I don't know what I'm going to do for work. I I'm, I don't really, I don't know what I want to do with my, my job. I don't know what to do with, uh, you know, you know, struggling to kind of have a vision for your life. And that's where I, I start. I started to get a lot of very distracted by the things you're mentioning, whether it be security, um, whatever is, is attractive to you at the moment. But the simplicity of it is that you just need truth. You just need, you just need truth. And that um, even though it's hard, it it is enough. Mm, that's so good. So when you think about um, kind of the things that you're experiencing, you have, I'm sure, challenges at work. You've got uh, family things. You've got house repair things. You know, you're kind of this, um, yeah. <laughs> you're in this stage of life where the, you said it, that you're busy. There's just lots going on. Um, and, and you're talking to, you know, a you know, people who are coming after you, let's say, let's say there's a 16 year old or 18 year old out there who's ready to kind of go change the world. They've been having some great years working in teen pact, but they're recognizing mm-hmm. that, you know, right now or in the near future, this is going to be in their rearview mirror and, and what's next and, and how, how is their continuity between what I've experienced in teen pact and what God's calling me to next, whether that's college or the trades or, you know, working for a nonprofit or whatever it may be, you know, in some ways there's this desire that Teen Pact inculcates in people that's like, I want to get out there and do something big. And yet, uh, in many ways, there's, there's a call to, to something that looks a little different than, than big. So, so what would you say to, to those people? Um, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of talking to myself because in some ways I think I, I came off that season looking for something big and I got thrown into a bunch of things that I did not consider big. Uh, but I would, my encouragement would, would be to just, just share that God's economy is very different 
than our economy. And the things that we may place value on um, are not always the things that God is uh, hoping that you'll invest in. Um, and I don't, I don't say that to try and disorient or to, to confuse. Um, I, I really actually mean that to, to try and give some, some peace <laughs> to that process. Uh, being 18, 19, there's a lot of pressure to try and have it all figured out, to know what you want to do. Um, that was not my situation. And I think what I would have told myself is um, that um, God, uh, yeah, what, what, I might th what I may think is going to be uh, the plan for my life because it's going to give me a certain amount of security or it's going to give me a certain amount of notoriety. Uh, that is not how God sees my life or the world. And that's actually a good thing. That's when I say that it sounds like, oh, well, then I just better prepare for some uh, bummer of a life. That's not what I mean at all. Uh, it's God has stuff that uh, has things in store that are so much better. And yeah, I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say it's you're going to do all these little things and then it'll lead to this massive thing. Um, it, but it really is just that uh, the, the little things are, are where it's at. I would, yeah, it, it, if you're going to ch change the world and you want something as ambitious as that, I would, I would challenge you to, and again, I don't have any, like, I don't have any like inherent problem with these things, but just try a week of like, not like get off social media, uh, go meet a neighbor uh, go volunteer at your church, go learn someone, like go learn the barista's name at a coffee shop and, and do that. That's, that's pretty hard, but, um, it actually is a lot harder than you think. But if you do that, I think then that is, um, stuff that adds to God's economy and not, and not yours. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll just say I, uh, growing up, you know, we, we both knew the, the Garvey family and Denny Garvey would, would often yeah. use the phrase, um, <laughs> you know, I commend you, you know, and, and it was very like pastoral and fatherly. And, um, yeah, and, yeah. and nowadays I find myself using it. So please forgive me for the use of this word. But um, I just want to commend you, <laughs> Christian, because I was reading in Luke 16 the other day in preparation for this. And, and this is what it reads in verse 10. One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest and much. And I have seen faithfulness in your life. It's not been perfect and it's not been under a major spotlight. Um, and yet in your faithfulness, I think God is going to continue to bless that both in this life and into the life to come. So thank you for even just taking the time, 30 minutes to invest in some listeners. You know, we've got a couple hundred people that listen to the Teen Pack podcast. It's not this massive group of people, but it's a bunch of people who have been richly encouraged by these sorts of conversations where this is actually yeah. part of the very mm -hmm. thing we're talking about, God equipping them to be faithful on this journey. So you've, you've been a great example to them and an example to me. And I appreciate that about you. So thanks so much, man. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Teen Pack podcast hosted by Quentin Cools and produced by Elizabeth Albano. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating or leave a review. For more information about Team Pack Leadership Schools or to donate to our ministry, please visit teampack.com.